0: Nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Coming up on the Money Beat podcast, the oil market is up and it is down, and it all depends on which OPEC minister is speaking at which time. And ADT, a big deal to acquire ADT, what does that mean for the buyout market?
2: This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some.
1: Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul Vini and Stephen Grosser here with you. And, and look, we want to thank you all for making us the number 16 ranked podcast in investing on iTunes. Uh, those rankings bounce around a lot. We were actually we we're in the top 10 at one point, weren't we, Grosser? I think we hit 10. We hit yeah, Well, that's yeah. in. That's, that's in, in I guess, Jeff. That's in. That's in the top 10. <laughs> I'm not complaining. You're not. Nope, we're not. We're doing well. We're happy. We're happy to have you with us. Uh, long weekend, three-day weekend. Interesting things happened over the weekends. The markets, you can see what the markets are doing. They they started bouncing on Thursday, and they've been basically bouncing ever since. But what's really interesting, and what we're going to focus on, is in the stock market, you can see the bounce, and it has continued through Tuesday's trading. In the oil market, though, it's a little different. And to, to jump into that, we have a, a special, uh, what, what do you want to call yourself, Tim? First time... First-time talker, long-time listener?
3: Yeah, that's about right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Tim Pucco uh, reports on energy for the Journal is here with us. A lot of what's going on in the oil market right now obviously uh, revolves around OPEC and this whole idea of of production cuts and what the oil-producing nations are trying to do.
3: Right? Yeah, no. The, the market is very jumpy, and that is at the center of everything. Uh, you've got oil prices that have already fallen a really long way, and everyone and their brother just wants to pick a bottom. So The big hope for a springboard is that OPEC gets together, uh, probably with Russia, and reaches some sort of deal where they all... Agree, we have to cut back. You've seen that several times, dating back months. That any time there's chatter about cooperation of any kind, um, you know, speculators jump right in, right. and and prices have uh, really big jumps.
1: And this was, I mean,
3: th-
1: this was violent on Thursday. On Thursday, you saw it. Well, sh- that was the starkly. UAE
3: minister,
2: right? He and he made you know very innocuous comments yes. about cooperation, and that's
3: it. And the market turned around. The thing with comments like that is that they're very hard to interpret. Yeah. You have you, you, a, a guy speaking in Arabic, and then it's—I it's, mean—literally open to interpretation. Yeah. And in some ways, what he says fits the, the uh, semi-diplomatic rhetoric that they've been speaking for months, and you could also have looked at it in, in a way that that suggested something was about to change. You know, he said everybody is ready to cooperate and that that is a, a little, you know, he might have just been speaking off the cuff and maybe it meant nothing, but but those words in that order actually were were significantly different than, than what we've heard before. And you saw the market get get really excited today when an agreement of of some kind did happen. There were a lot of people who just thought that that no con- of agreement In OPEC alone could happen, let alone with Russia. So there was an initial huge burst of enthusiasm that maybe this meant something. But with you know, like a lot of these things, it's so conditional. You have so many moving parts. um, Even you know, it's it's not even a cut. It was just a freeze on production. Production's already at a record high. It's been growing so strongly. And so once people had some time to digest, okay, what is this deal? You know, what does it actually mean? is it is it even going to happen uh, let alone help. Uh, that's when things faded very quickly and have continued to fade throughout the day. And, and it was also contingent on Iran and Iraq to Well, that was the huge thing, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and Iran came out right shortly well, after. one o'clock. Iran. I mean, I couldn't even yeah. finish lunch before yeah. Iran had come out and said, we're not going to participate in this. So uh, if you can't get through an afternoon uh, <laughs> with some sort of uh, accomplishment, uh, then this is all really nothing. And all the people who are eager to sell this market, uh, you know, they've been jumping in already, and that was just more fuel for them to keep selling.
1: Right. So you get you yeah. get Saudi Arabia and Russia saying, and and others, What those are the two. And those are, are those right. number one and two in yes. the world in terms yes. of production? Yes, and they're, they're right.
3: essentially dueling uh, in, at the top spot. Right. So they say, we'll freeze if
1: Iran and Iraq agree to it too. Iran says, no way, we just got these sanctions right. off. We want market share back. You, Saudi Arabia, why don't you cut production? Because you jumped in when our sanctions were on and we couldn't do it. You filled that gap that we had. Now that we're back, it just becomes so complicated and convoluted. And, and notoriously in the oil market, uh, these guys will all agree to production cuts, to quotas, to different um, you know levels. And then they're notorious for not adhering to what they agreed to in the first also
3: right that's where a a lot of the skepticism comes beyond just getting them to agree uh, you had, uh, I guess it was about uh, sometime sometime like 10 or 15 years ago, uh, there was an agreement from Russia to join in a curtailment and Russia never really followed through. Um, so, and then that, and there's, so first of all, it's, it, these agreements are, are very rare to, going on outside of OPEC and there's no history of them working. Uh, So those are uh, those are two really big obstacles. But even within OPEC, there's very little history of them working. You, the last time that they sat uh, a a group. Quota, like the target was thirty million barrels a day. That was late twenty fourteen. Well, they they have been incrementally going over that, basically from the very start. And they're already on pace. I think Simmons and Company International said today. You know, OPEC is is on pace to get to thirty three point six million barrels a day of production. That's twelve percent over their target. Well, what their target was um, from not even eighteen months ago. Uh, if if the if oil prices are falling apart if you have a historic collapse and production is up 12% in less than 18 months I just a, a freezing that production isn't really going to solve the problem right
1: and so, so what you end up with is the, the energy sector and as much turmoil as it's been in and we have I don't even think Dana we introduced you at the the top of the thing but Dana Mattioli from our our m a group is here and you look at the energy sector, Dana, and because you know, partially at least, because of all this turmoil, because no one knows where anything's going, uh, you have a big freeze in terms of of just M and A within the energy sector, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's crickets on the M and A front. Yeah. Um, when we speak to bankers and lawyers out there, there's obviously a need to get deals done and cut costs because it's pretty precarious. Mm-hmm. But what we find is that these boards and management teams do not like their new valuations and they can't get their heads around selling at these lows yeah. and it's causing this stalemate between you know parties that have held talks some of the deals that were struck last year look really silly in retrospect i'm thinking like williams energy transfer yeah. which there's a lot of questions around you know the one area that it is really busy on the deal front is um, restructurings and bankruptcies unfortunately wow
2: no you you saw you i mean like I mean it strikes it's not just like the seller's not wanting to sell I mean buyers aren 't going to want to buy in this market if this, you know they want to buy at the low price and and sellers i mean there 's got to be a huge gap between what you know the buyers want to pay and what the sellers want to sell at, which has been you know a story for a long time in the m and a market before the last two years
0: yeah there's a huge disconnect, but we've been waiting for some of the you know well capitalized companies like the Exxons of the world um To come in and be opportunistic, and they're even staying away from this.
2: Wow. It's good. No one wants to catch a falling knife, and like, you know, they're waiting for the bottom.
1: Yeah. Well, everyone's waiting for the bottom. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk uh, a lot more, Dana. There was an interesting deal that we broke yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, in the M&A sector, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about. ADT, folks. Uh, I'll give you the tease. I won't, <laughs> I won't leave you high. We're going to talk about ADT when we come back.
3: Hi, this is Jason Gay, and I have a podcast called Free For All. It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. Become a subscriber on iTunes and check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.
2: Now, Money Beat.
1: Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, and Dana Mattioli here. Who who watched Walking Dead on Sunday night? That That's all I really want to... <laughs> Not me. You didn't watch it. Not sorry. But like it, Dana, right?
0: No, I like listening to you and my colleague, Dana, oh. talking about it. But <laughs> I've never watched maluka, an episode. Right? Oh, you haven't? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right,
1: all right. You didn't watch it either, Chris. I haven't. I haven't watched an episode either. I'm gonna have to do a tiny I'm gonna have to do a separate Walking Dead podcast. Yeah, yeah. Can <laughs> I do one of those? All right. Uh, let's talk about something that is not dead. M and A, mergers and acquisitions. There was an interesting one on Monday. It, it, we broke it on Monday, right, Dana? That's right. The ADT deal mm-hmm. with Apollo. Uh, what is significant about this deal?
0: It's an interesting deal for a, num- a number of reasons. Um, the market volatility has um, caused some people to be reluctant to do M&A, um, mm-hmm. or at least that's what we're hearing from advisors and people in the boardroom. But we've had this deal happen, um, JCI, Tyco, another big deal, all in spite of um, some of this market movements. And you know, these are publicly traded stocks, and they're, they're right. moving on a daily basis, and they're still getting done.
1: Right. And this was uh, almost a $7 billion deal. Apollo Global Management mm-hmm. offers or ADT, big premium. The Huge stock premium. is flying up on, on Tuesday afternoon on the news. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's one of the biggest take profits we've seen in a very long yeah. time. And yeah. that's an area that's been really, really dormant. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Last year was, I mean, you know, crickets. I mean, it was the biggest year for M&A on record and you you literally did not see private equity the, you know um, anywhere to be found yeah
0: these financings are really difficult to get done and a lot of the banks have been stung on some of the other ones I'm thinking like Veritas and um, they're backing out of the financings but you know four big banks you know lending banks signed up for this one yeah. and it looks like we will get done Now,
2: it is also the benefit of this deal is because it's also joining it with another one of its portfolio companies.
0: Yeah, that's right. Apollo owns a company called Protection One that's a rival to ADT, which is obviously home security and monitoring. So that's one way of doing this deal. The interesting thing about ADT is that it was part of Tyco at one point.
2: That's what I was going to ask um, about.
0: It was the business that allowed Tyco to move its headquarters to Bermuda Mm. and start the whole tax inversion wave. And so now we're seeing that full circle and arguably they're to blame for all these companies right. you know, repatriating.
1: Yeah, it, it's amazing this story. I was reading the, the, the story you guys wrote and then, you know, I see Tyco. Tyco has a interesting history, let's yes. put it that way. And then Apollo is a firm that was formed by guys that came out of Drexel, Burnham Lambert. You right. know, like the the history of these firms... Is really kind of there's some notorious Wall Street history involved in these firms.
0: That's right, and a lot of financial engineering and yeah. um, some really smart guys putting together these deals. Um, ADT has been you know a topic of conversation for a while just because of the Internet of Things and, and people wanting to monitor their home and, and you know products from their office or right, or, or right, other right. area. So it kind of plays to that trend as well.
1: Yeah. they have, you, you said, Grocer, that you have an ADT system at home? I, I have one at home. Do you, do you have one? I live in yeah. an apartment, so oh, no. You're lucky. But, uh, Homeownership is terrible. But I remember when the guy came to sell it to us, you know, to show us everything, and he showed us everything they offer. <laughs> they really have, I mean, the, the top-of-the-line ADT stuff, it is very much an Internet of Things product. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are, you have complete. A wireless, ho- complete system that is hooked up. You can monitor it from any other. the... guy mm-hmm. pulled up his tablet, and he is showing us video of his front door. It's you amazing. Know, sitting in my house, and he can and control every part of it. I mean, it really is... You know, I'm not trying to do ADT's business for him here, but it really was... I didn't buy that system either, by the way. I thought it was too much money. Mm-hmm. But it really was pretty impressive. I'm shocked.
0: There's a reason know, there's so been cheap. so much M&A in that space. Yeah. If you think right. about it, um, Google buying Nest...
2: Yeah. Very yes. similar type well, the product, okay? That's the thing that ADT is going to be running up against. I mean, it's yep. going against, you know, it's going to be running head into your Apple's, your Google's, you know, as yeah. they, they sort of go into the next frontier of, the you know, the tech
0: world. And Protection One that Apollo is using to roll this up, they only bought that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, J- Johnson Control is buying Tyco. Tyco is a very similar company to ADT. It's also home security. So in quick succession, there's been a wave of m a Across this sector and I guess because of the Internet of Things and people wanting to monitor their
1: their homes. What does it do when you, when you start having these businesses that start com- – when you have businesses that once upon a time would have never been in competition with each other, mm-hmm. that now are in competition with each other, and companies buy other companies, you know, uh, what does that do to the entire – M&A landscape? I mean, how, does it make it harder? Does it make it more competitive, less competitive? I mean, does it, how, does it change the game at all?
0: No, I think it's it's one of the classic cases for why we see so much M&A. It's yeah. when sectors are changing and there are these competitors coming in and disrupting. You don't have time to build a product. You don't have time to build a strategy. You have to go buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing here.
2: Also, I mean, it, it, it speaks to, I mean, like a lot of the M&A we saw last year and, and we continue to see is you, you look at a an economy in a glo- you know global or just the U.S. that's growing at 2%, you're not going to be able to grow your profits in a 2% world greatly. Yeah. So, I mean, like you can cut margins, we're getting record you know, you know, right. margins at this point.
1: Well, cut at costs, some point, at some point, yeah, at some yeah, yeah. point,
2: you 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 know you can buy revenue and cut and use the synergies to you know grow your bottom line yeah. um, and grow margins, and that's what you're sort of seeing. You need to grow, you know, you grow by grabbing market share, and you, the easiest way to do that is to you know spend the the cash on your balance sheet.
1: What's right. pretty
0: remarkable about this deal though, is the premium, fifty six percent over Friday's close. Uh, granted, ADT stock prices was down like thirty percent for the year, but it's pretty astonishing to pay up that much.
1: Yeah. Especially in this environment.
0: Right. And when we just had JCI Tyco, where it was only an 11% premium, yeah. that allowed them to move overseas. Yeah. Where you didn't really get this big so paying up. So do,
1: do you think this deal is, does this kind of, does it, and I know it's too early to say, but, you mm-hmm. know, things, speculate, tell me what you're hearing. Does this thing say one-off or does it say trend? Is, is it part of a bigger trend already? Like, where does this stand in, in the larger universe?
0: Um, I'd say this deal is a one-off just because it's it's a take-private and it's a big one at that, yeah. and I don't expect to see don't expect many to see another
1: one like that. Giant just,
0: LBOs this yeah. year,
2: especially okay. at a premium like that. I mean, right. you know, right. I, I mean, outside of the bubble area area um, or period in two thousand six and two thousand seven, you really didn't see private equity paying up. Um, you know the, the steep premiums that a corporate buyer because they typically don't get the synergies. Although in this deal, they're obviously combining and and, and, and gain some synergies there.
0: Probably a lot of fat to cut. I mean, yeah. DTS seventeen thousand employees. I can't yeah. see that number being the same a year from now. Yeah. Listen,
1: let's take one more break and we will come back on the other side with a couple of last thoughts.
0: This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com WSJ. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash WSJ.
1: Hi, this is Kevin Sintemont. This is Beth Cracklauer. Check us out on the Off-Duty Podcast. We talk about food, cocktails, all of the finer things (laughs) in life. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. And become a subscriber on iTunes.
2: WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, money beat.
1: Uh, Welcome back. A couple of last thoughts here. You know what I want to talk about for a minute here, Grocer? And I'm using air quotes. You can't see it, I'm, folks, when I'm,
2: I'm using them. I'm reasonably nervous at this point. No, no. The,
1: the bottom. The bottom.
2: Oh, someone might have written about that this morning.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did. But it, it amazes me how how quickly everyone always jumps on this idea of the bottom. As soon as you see any kind of – oh, that was the bottom. That was the bottom. I had to be the bottom. That must have been the bottom. It's always the bottom. Now's the time to buy. Now's the time to buy. Now's the time to buy. Uh, it, it is – it is almost mind-numbing how often people will just jump on the idea of the bottom as soon as they see the market move at all. I I mean, one of the
2: things I will say is I think this market is an incredibly difficult market right now to understand. Um, you know, take, I think... I, was,
1: I'm going to tell you that the next time I hand in a piece and you don't like it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, t- think about like um, two Fridays ago when we had the, you know, it was Jobs Friday that was a confusing sort of report. Gave a little bit to everyone. Um, you know, the number was poor, but the underlying data sort of suggested, you know, slight mm-hmm. improvement from past reports. And then, you know, you also had the tech sector, though, completely implode. You know, and, and it was, you know, LinkedIn was down 40% after, you know, not a great, you know, a bad report, right. but not like, you know, like it was sort of surprising how horrible. And, and it, 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 there's a sort of a feeling, I think. You know, people just selling and selling groups all at once. Like you know, it, 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 you know, it's European banks, and it, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's a whole financial sector. It's oil. You know, it, it, it's it's always moving in groups, and it's sort of it makes it hard to sort of I think determine where the bottom is, how. big. You know, people are still debating whether, the, you know, the U.S. economy is going to go into a recession or not. Um, you know, the, the, there are a lot of people out there who think that the U.S. isn't going to go into res- recession. It's going to keep expanding. Right. So why are we seeing so much of a sell-off Yeah. And, and, in you know, the U.S. stocks? I mean, why are the U.S. stocks, you know, f- falling on China when they didn't rise on
1: China? Um, you know, well, I mean, look, U.S. stocks have not fallen as much as as most markets have no, either. That's something, no, but to use, still down. especially the large caps, the large caps. Yeah, that's the, something to keep in mind. They have not fallen as much as other markets.
2: No, I completely agree. That's very true. But why, sh- you know, why should they if the U.S. economy is holding up? I mean, you well, know, you yeah. didn't see China's the surge in China's stock market, right. which was you know a casino, sending the U.S. stock market soaring. Yeah, I right. mean, you know, so why should it fall? When they, you know, uh,
1: because corporate profits are dead and we're going to fall into a recession. Right,
2: but that's different than, you know, the China Chinese. That China is different. Fall. You're right. Yes,
1: that's very different. Uh, and the Fed's raising rates. Yeah. Oh no. They, I mean, or, I, unless there's, they there's, don't.
2: There, there, unless of they reason, don't, which is what
1: everyone wants now. There, yeah. There's
2: plenty of reason why I, I just, you need to be concerned. But in, but I think it's hard at this point for anyone. To sort of pick a bottom yeah. because I'd, for everything that you could say positive, there is equally negative. Yeah,
1: I, I just think it's amazing that it really was in within one day. The <laughs> more, last Thursday, the day starts out, we're talking about the doom loop, and the day ends, and we're talking about the bottom. And that that's how crazy the market is right and that now. Was,
2: once again, that's completely. This is it's it feels very much completely oil driven. I mean, you know, yeah. you had. Yeah, the comments from a UAE energy minister, UAE energy minister, and then goes into this weekend with Russia and you know Saudi Arabia meeting in Qatar. I mean, it's. That's what's been you know sort of pushing the market Right. Higher.
1: Right, and that probably is what we'll, we'll continue in one form or another. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back. I don't know exactly when we're I know we'll be here Friday without a doubt, but I'm, uh, we may be here earlier than that, too, depending on how the markets go. So keep an ear out for us, and we'll talk to you soon.